passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Glad we got that straightened out because you, sir, were at OTAs today, and uh, you bring back knowledge of that uh, as well as OTAs from a week ago. And so we want to plumb that knowledge uh, as well as talk to you about your opinions on a variety of different subjects. Um, as usual, uh, I uh, am... Uh, here prepared with a couple of questions for Fred. Um, yeah, we, we would much prefer your questions. Uh, we would much prefer your comments and talk about those. Uh, the show goes much better if we're talking about your questions and comments and, and not my silly questions and comments. So please fire them off in the chat room and uh, we will prioritize your questions for Fred rather than my questions. But uh, until we get some of those accumulated and ready to go, uh, you're stuck with what I want to talk about. And uh, what I want to talk about, Fred, is I want to talk about the gorilla in the room, uh, the uh, wide receiver. You? From... <laughs> no, no. Oh. I, 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 I am of the approximate size and weight of a gorilla, but uh, the, uh, <laughs> the biggest topic in the room uh, is uh, DeAndre Hopkins. He is available. Uh, he is a free agent now. Uh, after being released by the Cardinals. Uh, Deshaun Watson had great success with him, loves him, wants him on the team. So let me ask you very simply, Fred, uh, if you're Andrew Berry, do you go and get him? Uh, let, let's assume you don't get him for a ludicrous price, ludicrous price that it's fairly expensive to sign Deshaun, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so uh, it's costly. Do you sign him anyway? I don't know. You know, anybody that's read the whole off season when I said the five steps to put the team in the playoffs, I suggested they go trade for a wide receiver similar to what they did with Amari Cooper last year. And I listed um, DeAndre Hopkins as a guy that would be at the top of the list because you know, he checks all the boxes and he's got the relationship with Watson. And, but, but as Jack Duffins pointed out, you know, the, you have to pay these guys sooner or later. He didn't go out and hire an agent, even though they're in Cleveland to get minimum wage, you know, right. he hired an agent to get a big time deal. He is his own, he's been his own representative. So if he was going to just take, you know, whatever somebody would give him, I think that he would have just, you know, kept it the way it was. But I don't know. I mean, it, a lot has changed. I mean, I watched Marquise Goodwin today. He looked extremely good. He ran the bomb twice for touchdowns 
diving catches. He can fly. I know he's like 31, 32. Going to mm-hmm. have a story on him tomorrow, but um, he's an Olympic athlete, and he says he's still in his prime. I mean, if you add Hopkins, you're going to really have to, you know, we already said the wide receiver room is set before training camp even starts, even though they have like 14 receivers. <clears throat> I would say, yes, if you can, if you can sign Hopkins and figure out a way to make it work, um, you do so. But it does create a, another set of circumstances. I don't know a lot about DeAndre Hopkins. I know he's a great receiver. He's probably, in my opinion, one of the top five in the NFL. You know, maybe even now, even with his age. But we know a couple of years ago we had a guy named OBJ. Those guys demand attention and they demand the ball. Mm-hmm. And when you have a room of Amari Cooper, Peoples-Jones, Marquise Goodwin, Cedric Tillman, David Bell, you got and and you traded for Elijah Moore. I mean, is he going to get the targets that will keep him happy? And you know, I know that keeping him happy isn't the the basic top priority. But if if you're not winning right off the bat, or he doesn't, things don't go the way he thinks they do or should, you know, that could be another set of headaches. So. Right. I mean, I'm really kind of torn because I thought, you know, all things being considered, if you could do what you did with Cooper, I think Cooper, I don't think Cooper's as good as Hopkins, but I think he's a a better guy, a better fit for this team. He's not, you know, I don't want to label Hopkins a diva because I don't really know him, but Cooper is not that. He's quiet. He, you know, he's just kind of unassuming. Hopkins could be, you know, you know, draw a lot of attention and it could be a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I was surprised that it even this rumor has gotten legs, but they let Watson go out and talk about it. So that that had to been, you know, you know, that was in the mix when he was put out there to talk. He could have said, you know, I don't want to comment about it, but he talked about it and wanting him. Mm hmm. So I don't know. I don't know what, you know, but I'm going to go back to the money. Again, he's probably looking at this similar to OBJ. I'm in my 30s. This might be my last shot to get a big payday. And I want to get as much as I can. I think he might love to play with Deshaun Watson or whatever, the Browns. But I think he's going to love more to go to one of those teams, whoever it is, that not only has a chance to get the Super Bowl, but also wants to pay him. <clears throat> I don't know who can do that. You got OBJ again setting the bar at $18 million by the Ravens. I think they overpaid for him. Mm-hmm. But regardless, sure if you're DeAndre Hopkins, how can you say, I'm going to take less than that? I've been right. a big-time receiver, and he's been out with ACLs and – and not playing, you know. Yeah, he had a good little game or two with the Rams. So um, I just I think that remains to be seen. I know the rumors seem to continue. I think the Browns are doing their due diligence. But 
what does it come down to? Is there five teams bidding on the guy? Is there only one team interested? You know, and, and what is he willing to take? If you can, you know, you, you did something with Zadarius Smith. It's different now. He's a de facto free agent because you didn't get him in a trade. You didn't right. have any, you know, now it's pretty much, you know, whatever he agrees to. And he might just not agree to anything right now and wait and see if somebody gets hurt or like a lot of these guys do, you know, as time goes on. So, I mean, all things being equal, yeah, I'd take his talent and I'd deal with the guys you have. Like if you have to move on from somebody you don't want to, you might trade people's Jones He's in the last year of his contract. I don't know, you know, but I'm sure there's things you can do. Um, they they surely are all in this year. And if they think that they need another receiver at that caliber, then but it'll come down to how aggressive they go after him. I mean, obviously, he's available now. They could have signed him if they were all in to go down and get him at all costs, but I didn't hear they were really in on him when he was available via trade. So I just don't think it was a long Yeah, apparently there were only a couple of teams that were really snooping around him. Uh, Chiefs and the Bills, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, they were really in on him when uh, he was open for uh, available for trade. Um, So, you know, a couple of things going on with this I want to talk about. First of all, I think he got a very good point about, you know, there being enough passes, uh, receptions for all the guys we've got in our receiver room. Second thing that you brought up uh, that, uh, you know, Ian brings up as well uh, about making room in that very crowded wide receiver uh, core uh, for Hopkins is, uh, you know, if if, if he arrives, who goes? You know, just looking at you know, the depth chart right now, uh, the Browns carried six last year um, most of the time. And if you add Hopkins, you have Cooper, Hopkins, uh, Moore, Tillman, DPJ, Goodwin, Bell. Uh, and that, you know, I'm not counting Schwartz, Grant, Woods, you know, Darden, Baldwin, Harley, those guys, you know, there's no way they... You know, I don't see any of those guys having a uh, having a strong chance as a receiver at any rate uh, of making the team. One of those guys has to go. And uh, you talked about trading Donovan Peoples-Jones. Ian brought that up as a question. Um, what do you think we could get for Donovan Peoples-Jones? He's in the last year of his rookie deal. Um, he's a pretty solid uh, receiver. He's not a slot guy. He's a number two receiver. He doesn't get a lot of separation, but he can get the ball. Um, you think you get enough for him to justify trading him and signing Hopkins, Fred? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know if you can get higher than a fourth. Now you got him in the sixth round. He's one of those feel-good stories. You know, you you dream of getting a sixth rounder that to do what he did, but now he's in the last year of his contract, so. Is he going to command, you know, a big contract or can you extend him? I mean, I really don't know. But you got Cooper in his 30s or close to 30 and he's got a big contract. So Mm -hmm. you got moving parts here. 
it comes down to how good do you feel about Cedric Tillman? How good do you feel about David Bell? Those are guys that could emerge. Tillman could easily take Peoples Jones place if he shows something this year. But that's where I just said, you know, you're basically going to have Hopkins on a one-year deal. I would assume about the best you could do is, you know, like do maybe multiple years with these voidable years or whatever. But bottom line is even if you kick it down the road, you still got to pay him. He's, he's wanting guaranteed money. And, and so do you think it would make that much difference having him versus one of the younger guys that you're, that you're giving up for the future? So, yeah, I mean, before you even talk about Hopkins, in my opinion, the wide receiver room is set before training camp. The only thing that would open up any opportunities would be injury, which always happens, um, and or somebody have an outstanding camp, and you just don't want to cut them, so you trade, you know, somebody else. But as you mentioned, you got Cooper, Peoples, Jones. You traded for more and Goodwin, that's four. You drafted Tillman as your top pick, so there's five. And I cannot see him moving on from David Bell in his second year when you draft him in the third round. And that's leaving all those other guys out. Your punt kick returners, Gardner, Grant, that's letting go of Schwartz, who hasn't done anything, but he's a third-round pick. But he's one further year out removed you know, from David Bell. So I just, I just don't really, I know they're going to pass a lot, but if you get Hopkins, you're going to almost seem like you're going to pass every down. You don't, I don't even know if you're going to run the ball much. Right. Right. And, you know, Chubb is another guy who needs to get those receptions or uh, get the ball handed off to him. There's a lot of mouths to feed uh, on the Browns offense, you know, I guess it's a good problem to have if you can if you can uh, spread the ball around. We got a lot of other questions on D Hop uh, that we will uh, throw out there. Here's one from Paul. He says, "Asked if we think we'll have an answer on him uh, one way or another pretty soon." What do you think, Fred? Think this will resolve itself relatively quickly? Well, I think there are some things with the June first, you know, designations. I don't know exactly, but I know that you have more salary cap freeing up and different teams do. But I'd have to say that, you know, when you mentioned the Chiefs and the Bills, if they tried to trade for him, you would think they would be at the top of the list trying to get him now as a free agent. And that's the other side of the ledger is that he's probably going to end up in the AFC with already loaded. And so do you, sign him to almost prevent him going to the bills, the chiefs, the, you know, the jets, uh, go right down the list, Ravens, Patriots, you know, I don't know if he'd go to the Bengals, but you know, when you look at this, it's an arms race and you just feel like everybody that's good is ending up in the AFC and everybody's dog eat dog. And it's just, you know, really going to be, if, if the rumors are true that the Browns really seriously met with him today, I'd almost think that it's got to it's got to be more than just a polite, hey, we'll hear, we'll talk to you. <clears throat> because if he were to say, yeah, I want to play here, 
then they would they would have to be serious about wanting to sign him, you know, or that would look pretty bad as if you met with him and he said, yeah, I want to play here, and then you don't sign him. So um, I know the finances are a big part of it. They've spent a lot of money. I never expected them to go get Zadarius Smith and Rodney McLeod after the draft. And if they got DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, that would be unbelievable. Um, but I think Andrew Barry, you know, he's shown that he's trustworthy. And I would think, you know, when Stefanski says, I'm happy with the running or the wide receiver room, I, I saw Robert Salo was asked the same question. He said the exact same answer. I'm happy with our wide receiver room. Right. I think that's what you got to say, because if you don't get a guy, then it makes all these other guys, you know, you know, feel that they're not appreciated. But that's, exactly. that's the way it goes in the NFL. So, you know, I just I just it's hard for me to see them doing that again if it's a very friendly contract. But I don't know how you do that without some guarantees down the road. I don't think he's going to come in for a minimum veteran salary and with a lot of incentives um and old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex oh <laughs> heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived spring spring is here which means it's the perfect time to get away in the hyundai you've always wanted visit the hyundai getaway sales event where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning hyundai models like the tech-filled tucson and kona as well as the spacious palisade enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with america's best warranty and three years or thirty-six thousand miles of complimentary maintenance but hurry in these deals won't last add more joy to your journey at the hyundai getaway sales event now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. It, it, you know, besides the money, it comes down to the interest are all these, you know, at this time of the year, most teams have pretty much after the draft filled their allotment and a lot of teams I'm sure are similar to the Browns, you know, they have who they were planning on and now they would have to move on from somebody they probably didn't want to as well. So it'll play out, but I think I would think that it would get resolved here either really quick before minicamp if he wants to be with a team and get into the flow before teams break for the summer. And that's next week, you know, Browns is Tuesday mm -hmm. to Thursday and then there's nothing till training camp. So if, if he doesn't sign with somebody next week, I don't think he will until late July at the beginning of training camp, then he'll kind of pick and choose what he thinks is the best opportunity for him.
right. We've got a diversity of opinions, uh, you know, in the chat room. Uh, we've got Greg Morgan uh, in the YouTube chat room. Greg is sort of a, in the uh, pro uh, D-Hop camp. Uh, one of the things he said is, you know, when was the last time a Browns quarterback could just look at a whiteout and he would know just what to do? Obviously, Deshaun and Hopkins have that history and that familiarity. It's been a while. Uh, since we've got, uh, you know, a, a quarterback and a wide receiver with that level of familiarity. Uh, we have uh, Raymond also in the YouTube chat room saying we need a linebacker more than D-Hop, maybe. Let, let me spin a question off of that just from Jim uh, Schwartz's time uh, today, Fred. Uh, reading your article, he talked a lot about rushing five guys. He talked a lot about playing some pass rushers inside, he talked about his defensive tackles, he talked about his cornerbacks, having really good cornerbacks back there, allowing him to rush the passer. I, did he mention linebackers at all when he talked to you guys today? He just doesn't sound like a guy who's worried about his linebacking core. Well, I was I was getting ready to ask him about that because that was the one position they didn't really address. They only signed, I think, Matthew or Michael Adams, one of the two, that he's a kind of a special teams guy. But not only that, all the guys they had from last year pretty much are coming off of injury reserve. I mean, right. five linebackers finished the year on injury reserve. Uh, Jacob Phelps was back at practice today. He had a pick six. He looked pretty good. He always looks good. He's very athletic. His problem has been staying on the field. Right. Um, had that torn pectoral. And... Um, JOK has been out there. He looks pretty good. Jordan Kunasik, you know, um, Schwartz likes him. He wore his jersey last week, right. signifying that he was his favorite linebacker of the week or something. Uh, Anthony Walker and Sion Takitaki were, were there, but still on the side with the trainers. So those would be probably your two top middle guys. And so he hasn't really seen them, but he said – you know, that they have a good linebacker group, and he seems to be content with it. Um, I think his focus is more on the up front, the line. He's really happy with that. He mentioned they could rotate nine guys, and mm -hmm. he mentioned a lot of them. He said he's going to probably rush five a lot, but he also said a lot of three safeties. So that puts Delpit, uh, McLeod, who's like – Jim Schwartz Jr. He played in that defense. He's only been here a month, and he's already kind of showing everybody what to do. And then, of course, Juan Thornhill. So if you play three safeties, five down linemen, that's eight. And say you have Newsom and Ward man-to-man -man on the outside, and then right. leave you a lot of room for linebackers. Now, obviously, they'll, they'll have different situations. You might have three corners, um, but – I think that he'll do a lot of the like Woods did, two linebackers. Um, it all he said it all comes down to matchups. You know, I mean, we all see depth charts. Depth charts mean nothing now. You know, everybody right. wants to see the four, three linebackers. You know, they might start if they're out there in the first play in a four-three, but you're playing five-two. You're playing six-one you know, all over the place. So he didn't seem to be too concerned. 
they must feel that they wouldn't have re-signed Walker if they didn't think he was going to be able to play. Same way with Taki Taki. Um, so I think he's got. He did say he's got linebackers in all shapes and sizes, mm-hmm. and I think that's going from the light guys like JOK and Phillips, athletic guys. And so I really think he's going to match them. He's going to match up with other teams, you know, what they're doing and so forth with the personnel that he has. So I don't, I don't really see him going and getting some big name thumper linebacker. He could have, they could have kept re-signed the Reggie Raglins or Deion Joneses, you know, the run stopping bigger guys. But I think that I feel like he feels the upfront, will be much improved this year with Tomlinson. I thought one thing interesting, he brought up Jordan Elliott by first name. The only Jordan I know in the defensive line is Elliott and Alex, Alex Wright. He talked about them playing inside or getting a rush from the inside. So that tells me that Alex Wright's going to maybe be that de facto other guy at defensive tackle that we've been wanting him to get a veteran Maybe he feels between Elliott and Wright, and he mentions Zadarius Smith, that all those mm-hmm. guys can rush from the inside. And so that that might be the thinking. I mean, he mentioned Elliott the other day as a veteran that he's counting on. He, he mentioned him was Zadarius Smith, Miles Garrett, Okoronkwo, uh, Tomlinson, and he threw him in, kind of raised a lot of eyebrows. You're thinking, Jordan Elliott, we all think he's not that good. But we're getting the same vibe that we got last year when they were talking right. him up. So I don't think Jim Schwartz is a fluff guy. He doesn't – I mean, you listen to him. I can't report on things he was saying on the field today. And this is OTAs. He is in their face. And I don't think he's going to just roll with somebody that's not doing what he wants to do. So exactly. exactly, we'll see when the pads come on. But that would be a good thing if Elliot is finally able to step up. He hasn't really mentioned or talked about Perry and Winfrey. Hasn't really mentioned Tommy Togiai or uh, even Mo Hurst or Tristan Hill. Any of those guys they signed. You know, I, th- I think he was talking about pass rush when he was talking about Elliot and Wright and right. Smith as inside. But we haven't really didn't really talk about run stopping. We know that's a big problem from last year, and that's where Walker really helped. You know, in the run game, going making tackles. So I just think the improved defensive line will help them all the way around in pass rush and stopping the run and those type things. And don't overlook that he's going to be very aggressive and he's going to put Denzel Ward out on a receiver and say, that's your guy, lock him down. And he's going to do that with Greg Newsom. He's going to do it with Martin Emerson mm-hmm. and whoever else is out there. And that I think will play. And he said today, we have good corners. That's why I can rush five. Right. No Woods was afraid to do that. He put them in zone all the time. Like he was afraid to get beaten. Denzel Ward, was asked about that, the miscommunication. And he said, I tweeted the video. He said, I don't think we'll have that because he's very simplified. And we know our assignments. It's pretty simple. Cover that guy. 
you know, mm -hmm. basically right. is what he's saying. And you don't have the miscommunication where you did. You remember that Jets game when Corey Davis wards with him step for step, and then he stopped expecting Delpit or whoever to pick him up, and he never did, and it was an 84-yard touchdown, and we know right. the rest. So I think Schwartz is just going to say, you know, you cover him and you cover him, and don't worry about anything else, you know. Once in a while they'll go to zone, but I think he's going to be very aggressive coverage and attacking the quarterback. Yeah, and uh, hopefully you don't have to cover him for long because we're, we're rushing a bunch of guys at the quarterback. Schwartz said yeah. a lot of interesting things. He, he talked a lot about the, uh, the lack of physicality in OTAs, how you really can't get a read on your defense. He made a really good analogy, I thought, between rotating the uh, uh, members of the defensive line and a uh, bullpen in baseball, go to Fred's article. It's on the front page of uh, the OBR.com. Uh, give it a read. Uh, Schwartz, very interesting. Said said a lot of interesting things. Jake Burns sort of uh, wrote on, uh, took a spin on some of the things that Schwartz said and analyzed it. Uh, some real good reading on the front page of the OBR right now on uh, the Browns defense. If you are interested, uh, let's. Uh, Let's go back to uh, D Hop a little bit more uh, before we uh, before we move on here. Um, we have uh, I, I've got one more question about this. Just if we sign Hopkins, Fred, uh, and it means we have to cut Cooper next year, right? Because of the salary cap, is that still a deal you make? You know, not to shift gears too dramatically here, but. Uh, do you sacrifice Cooper in 2024 in order to have Hopkins now? I don't think I would if that means that if, if, if you don't have Hopkins for the next year. I mean, I'm okay to, re, to swap out Hopkins for Cooper for more than this year. I mean, if you can get him for two years, I think he's a better player. I mean, unless he's – I didn't watch a lot of him last year, but I know when I when I was playing fantasy, I always had him, and he was <laughs> the guy, you know. Right. And so, um, you know, as far as I mean, it's a tough. I mean, <laughs> you got two really perennial Pro Bowlers. I just think that there might be a little more upside you know, with Hopkins and there is with Cooper, but I like them both. I mean, if there's a way you can work some, but if you can get Hopkins for more than one year, like two years, even if it meant at the end of this year, because that if you can get out of the contract, you know, or whatever, and, and have to move on from Cooper to me, that would be a slight upgrade. Right. right. And that, I'm not disparaging Cooper. I just think Hopkins is that good. That's, why I had him at the top of the list for the trade. I knew he was kind of in a position disgruntled or the Cardinals wanting to move on, you know, and start over with a new coach and stuff. So that's kind of why I offered that, but I was happy with the Elijah Moore move, you know, too. And they might say, you know, Hey, that was our big move, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, what I saw I, I, from Goodwin today He's no slouch. Right. Uh, of course, you know, during OTAs, there's not a lot of uh, 
uh, physicality at the line, right, between the, the cornerbacks and the wide receivers. The wide receivers just basically are allowed to go, or am I wrong uh, wrong about that? No, I mean, to be honest, I mean, Schwartz pointed this out. You know, when he started his coaching, there was 14 weeks of OTAs or offseason. You know, now it's it's like two or three, and there's no touching or really anything. Right. Um and it's even like that in training camp, you know, to be honest. He was talking about the physicality, but it's not like the old two-a-days, you know. They're, they're mm-hmm. limited on what they can do. But um, you do get some popping and, and the guys get feisty. They're playing for jobs. So that's what he's talking about. But as far as, yeah, the, the corners, the wide receivers always have a tendency to look better because they know they can't get hit. Right. And they go – over the middle, and, you know, it would make me, you know, more uh, brave running around out there. But um, you can still see the athleticism and the skill and the speed and all that with Goodwin and more guys you brought in for that reason, to take the top off. And and Watson hit, hit, him, on, hit him on a fly pattern, you know, the one he made a tremendous catch diving in the end zone. He talked about it. Goodwin did that he's a track star and had a four three four two you know when he came out and he still feels he's in the prime because he's been a he's been doing track at the University of Texas um in the off season still competing you know he went to the Olympics like 11 years ago and uh he's he's you know you kind of first when they sign him I go oh you're getting an old guy but my goodness he was out running almost all them young guys, you know, in speed. So when you, when you, you got to look hard. I mean, as far as a little bit beyond this year, and that comes back to the Hopkins, you know, is you don't want to sign him at the expense of, you know, having to blow up your whole room, Right. but they probably know what they're doing. I'm pretty confident of doing that, but yeah, I mean, I've said this before. If you could go all in and know you're going to win the Super Bowl, I don't care. You know, you get a Super Bowl win, I'm good if you have to blow it up next year, really. I don't care about the sustained success. You'd like it, but but there's no guarantee. Unfortunately, this is kind of like the Cavs found themselves in with the Warriors. The Cavs might have had the best team I'd ever seen in my lifetime, but the Warriors had a better team. You know, maybe the, maybe the best team in history those four years. You didn't have them around. You might have been a four-time champion. So right, right now in the NFL, you got all these really good teams, you know, all at the same time in the AFC, you know, with the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, you right. know, now the Jets and the Browns and on and on, Dolphins and Chargers. And you just got to get the playoffs and hope the day you play the team, you – have your quarterback has a better game than the opponent. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be, uh, it's quite the gauntlet in the AFC right now. Let, let me say a couple of things, put my uh, neck in the guillotine here. Uh, uh, on DeAndre Hopkins, I'm not a fan of the, of signing DeAndre Hopkins. And the reason is just, you know, you look at some of the statistics, Fred, the number of wide receivers at his age who have 1,000-yard 
uh, receiving years. Very, very small, right? Some of the scouting reports saying he's just not getting the separation he used to. He's great at getting the ball. He's a big, strong receiver. He can still wrestle the ball away. But that, that reminds me too much of Donovan Peoples-Jones, you know? Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones can't get a great deal of separation, but he can wrestle the ball away. you got to explain to me that there has to be a humongous upside between Hopkins and DPJ. And I know the history that Hopkins is leagues above DPJ. But now, this year, 2023, explain to me, you know, i got to see that there's that big of a difference to make that sort of an investment in, in Hopkins this year. Uh, so I put me on the skeptical side of the fence when it comes to Hopkins, but that's that's just me. And I, I really don't want to cut loose one of these younger uh, younger receivers. But uh, we have a roundtable question in Insider Central uh, where all of our staff are going to uh, weigh in on whether or not we would sign Hopkins, uh, assuming that there's no ludicrous discount. Uh, I also think, agreeing with you, Fred, uh, in the case that there's not a quick signing, I think it's going to take a while uh, for Hopkins to sign. I think people will be waiting for his price to go down uh, because most of the folks uh, uh, who are in the bidding, are, uh, you know, no one's sitting there with millions and millions of salary cap dollars to spend. So I think they'll be waiting for his price to go down and it'll take a while. But could be wrong on both. Tell me in the comments how wrong I am and I'll, I'll be happy to answer. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be happy to answer for all that. Um, let's get to a couple of questions here from the, uh, from the chat room. Uh, this one from Rocky Balboa. Um, talked about Marquis Good, uh, Marquise Goodwin uh, catching some balls uh, uh, today. And uh, he's a fast guy. Uh, Anthony Schwartz, obviously another fast guy. Not as reliable catching the football. Uh, did you see anything from Schwartz today, Fred? Well, I'll put in a little plug. If you read my story at my notes... Anthony Schwartz did not practice today. Oh, that, that's right. Nor did he not practice last week. He has an injury, and I don't know what it is. Because he end, end, he finished the season, if you remember, on injury reserve. But mm -hmm. I believe it was a concussion. So I cannot believe that he's still out with a concussion. But I don't know what he did. There was four guys that last week there was about ten that didn't practice. There's only four today. Sion Takitaki, of course, rehabbing still. Anthony Walker still rehabbing. Anthony Schwartz and Dawson Deaton last year, a center drafted in the seventh round that had knee surgery. So Cooper was back practicing on a limited basis. I have a video of him running routes, catching balls. Uh, Jacob Phillips had a pick six I mentioned. Several other guys were back practicing. But I don't know what's wrong with Schwartz. And I told some of my colleagues there that guy should not be missing any time because I don't even think there's a spot for him, you know. No. And he's got to really impress, you know. With like I said, there's two specialists, Jakeem Grant and Jalen Darden at wide receiver, who they really need a, a returner. They had like nine guys trying out with or rotating in the punt return today. Um, and, you know, so when you have the receivers they have already, I don't know where 
a guy like Schwartz is going to be, and we already talked about, you know, some of these other ones. So there's just not a lot of room and mm. especially, you know, specialists, but no, Schwartz did not catch any passes. I don't know why he's not practicing. Um, we, there's no injury reports until the season starts. So the Browns won't even really talk about what the reason is. You have right. to just surmise if you see a cast on somebody or whatever. Um, but I haven't heard anything why he's not practicing. All right. Well, uh, Anthony Schwartz needs to get out there on that practice field. That's for sure. Um, another question uh, about a guy people are curious about. Uh, again, OTAs, you're not going up against. Uh, <laughs> there's not a lot of physicality. It's just people kicking through, uh, through field goal posts. But uh, uh, Cade York. Has there been any – we have, have we have we heard from Bubba Ventrone yet? Uh, yeah, he talked today. He, he did talked talk today. When, he talked when Schwartz was talking, and so I was getting – You were listening to Schwartz. story on Jim Schwartz, but, no, Ventrone did – yeah, he spoke. Um, York, I saw him, but he's not kicking. They're not doing any kicking. They did mm. some punting, um, working on coverage and stuff, but – I don't even know if they got the goalposts out there. I just saw him walking around. I don't, I can't remember him kicking. They usually don't have him kick off. They have a jugs machine kicking the ball off. So, yeah, I mean, we won't see him probably. We'll probably do see some stuff in minicamp next week with him. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, another from Rocky. This was within the conversation about D-Hop and needing linebackers. He also said, well, we could really use another DT. That was a question I had queued up for you after reading what Schwartz said today, Fred. Um, you and I have been talking a lot about the need for additional defensive tackle help. Um, we've been accused of being perhaps overly skeptical about Mohurst and, and Hill and uh, Jordan Elliott uh, in uh, the Insider Forums um, because we've – continue to advocate for a defensive tackle help. But with the notion of Wright maybe moving inside and Zadarius Smith playing inside a little bit and all that, you know, and, and, and Schwartz's focus on matchups and, you know, pass rushing from the inside, do you still think we could use another defensive tackle? Or do you think Schwartz is pretty happy with the setup that he's got it, you know, on the defensive line right now? Well, he sounded like he was happy, but I don't know. Um, he's kind of like he was asked is if, and I I feel his influence is why they got guys like Zadarius Smith and Okoronkwo and Tomlinson and some of the other guys in the draft and all that. They drafted Ika in the third round. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that, like I said earlier, I think that. He must see something in Jordan Elliott or he wouldn't keep saying his name. He's mentioned it twice, you know, in, in recent talks. And I, I mean, you can't, it's hard to, to get everybody on your list. I think they've went way beyond what I was expecting. So, yeah, I mean, if there's somebody, some stud run stopper that's just sitting there that doesn't need any money, you know, well, you could bring them in, but I think they're going to go to training camp and separate them out and 
and find out what they have there. I believe by the time the season starts, there's still going to be some guys available. If you look at recent past, guys like Nadamakasu doesn't sign until the season gets going. And he sees who looks like a good fit for him. I know mm-hmm. he's got some history with Schwartz. Um, there's other guys like that. There's still some guys unsigned. So, again, it comes down to money and opportunity. But I do think that if he thinks Alex Wright can play some at tackle and Elliott can, you really only have one position um, because you got Tomlinson. So other than the rotation, if he feels like he's got three or four guys and one or the accumulated effect can can amount to, you know, a good player there in the rotation. I think that's how they'll approach it. I don't know about Tristan Hill. I don't know about Maurice Hurst. I mean, mm-hmm. they're free agent signings. I don't know if they're really counting on them or they just took a fly on them or what. But yeah. if one of those guys is is a type of guy that they feel can help, then then they're being good position. I know that it's hard to look at lineups, but they had, you know, some of them guys in there today. Obviously there's guys not coming to OTAs that are starters. Tomlinson wasn't there today. Miles Garrett wasn't there. Zadarius Smith wasn't there. Tomlinson and Smith were there last week. But uh, as far as I know, Garrett hasn't been there yet. Now all those guys will be there next week for the mandatory camp. So, I don't know. We'll see as it shapes up, but I don't think they're pushing a panic button thinking they have to go get a guy now. Yeah, it, w- it wouldn't seem that way, uh, especially after the signing of Smith. Uh, another question from Greg Morgan uh, asking uh, if Rodney McLeod would be the uh, green dot guy, uh, given his knowledge of the Schwartz system, or whether that would uh, be Walker again uh, this year. Any thoughts on that? Was Schwartz asked that today? No, I'm sure his answer would have been it's way, way too early. I mean, he was yeah. asked what he thinks of the defense, and he's right. He said it's way, way too early, you know. I mean, we, we're not doing anything. We don't even have everybody here, you know. And right. um, Yeah, I, I would think the linebacker, Walker, seems to be the logical guy. McLeod, I don't know if he's going to be a starter. I think your starters are Juan Thornhill and Grant Delpit. Exactly. I think McLeod's going to play a lot, but I think he's 32 years old. I don't think they're counting on him being out there every play. That You know, I don't know if you can move it around. I know even when Walker got hurt, it moved to Jacob Phillips. So it just, unless Schwartz got a different idea, I would think it would be somebody at, at middle of the linebacker positions. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, another question from Rocky Balboa. He says, I heard Denzel say he didn't really want to compare, but Fred, do you have any differences you could notice between a Joe Woods OTA defense and a Jim Schwartz OTA defense? Uh, I, I guess probably just in terms of the intensity and and, uh, and so forth. There's no shenanigans. You know, I mm-hmm. said this all along. I think the biggest move the Browns made this off season was getting Jim Schwartz's defensive coordinator. I mean, they've got a lot of great players. I mean, but I think that the number one move was getting him because I don't think he's going to allow the shenanigans. Most offensive minded head coaches 
let the defensive guy run the show right. and don't really tinker with that side of the ball. I think Joe Woods had that freedom, and I I don't know how involved Stefanski was, but when I heard that stuff that Kiffin said about Jadavian Clowney refusing to go in on first, second down because he didn't like the way he was being used, that will not happen with Jim Schwartz. I guarantee that. You know, you're not going to have this shenanigans, and, and that's what I call it. You know, it's like – He's not, he, he's, I'm not the head coach. So he knows his place, but I bet you Stefanski's have free reign on the defense and he will, I see it in OTAs. He's using some pretty strong language on these guys when, to me, Mm -hmm. which to me is silly kind of stuff, but what he's setting the tone, you know, they do a little drill, a little wrong. He's jumps in there and, takes over and reads them the riot act, you know? And, and so that's good. They need that. I think because I mean, these guys are professionals, but most of them are in their young twenties and they need some discipline. They need some, you know, they've been told their whole life how awesome they are. And he's more of a tough love guy where I think Stefanski, I would classify him and Joe Woods more of a, of a, softer you know you know i i don't i don't know the term but 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 not tough love not in your face you know type of a deal so i just think it's what they need and i think ventrone's the same thing i see him with the special teams you know making them do it over and just kind of like really being tough and aggressive and that mindset will carry over to the special teams and the defense, that they're going to be tough, physical, accountable, disciplined. That's what you want. All right. Well, I am all for no shenanigans being the uh, uh, the uh, uh, trademark of this Browns team. I don't think we need another dog cartoon, you know, or something like that. But uh, I can get behind no shenanigans. Uh, Raymond Crowley, very early on, uh, 7 o'clock in the YouTube chat room, hopefully he's still hanging out with us. Uh, asked, why not Kareem Hunt? Boy, I haven't heard a thing about running back. Have you, Fred? You know, it just seems like they're they're happy with your own forward. I haven't heard any rumors or anything about them looking at anything since a little buzz about Justin Jackson a while back. You know, Alex Van Pelt was asked about the running number two running back today, and um, – he said that it's wide open. They like what they've seen of Jerome Ford, but it's mm-hmm. wide open for any of these guys to step up and take the position. So um, as far as Kareem Hunt, he's still out there. He's still available. Um, I don't know if the door's closed from the Browns end, but he wanted to get paid. If you remember last year, you know, he kind of did his little protest and he got six, seven million. And he's not going to get that here. I don't know if he's going to get it anywhere. He's going to yeah. get somebody will bring him in on a one-year minimum with incentives. And I don't know if that's what it comes down to, if he'd want to come back here. Or would they rather – again, you're impeding the growth of Jerome Ford. If you think he really can be your number two guy, um, why would you, you know, why would you move Hunt ahead of him? 
when I really thought he was not the same player last year that he was in the previous years. It just seemed like he wasn't quite hitting home. Don't get me wrong. He was playing hard, but he was running more lateral than he was north and south. Because I could, right. I was seeing Nick Chubb on first and second down, you know, running the same holes behind the same blockers and getting more yardage than Hunt did when he had his turn on first and second down. So I don't know. There's a reason maybe he hasn't signed. There's there's several veteran backs out there, and I'm yep. sure that they have a list that they feel they could bring in if need be. I I think right now they feel that they got Nick Chubb and they have Jerome Ford. And and then behind him, I think you got a battle with uh, John Kelly. Demetric Felton now is back at running back. They like him mm-hmm. and his versatility. Yep. And so um, I just think that they're not worried about that. And I think, you know, we'll see. But I think that catching passes out of the backfield might be a bigger role for the running back with mm-hmm. with this offense with Deshaun Watson. And hopefully it means Nick Chubb's on the field more, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, using him on third down, coming out of the backfield, catching passes. I mean, you talk about another big-time threat. If you got all these receivers and tight ends and they got to worry about number 24 catching a pass on a dump, somebody's mm-hmm. got to cover him or he's going to run for a touchdown. So I just think that, they're not worried about it. I mean, if not having Kareem Hunt on the team leads to more touches for Nick Chubb in the passing game, I think that'd be a positive. But right now, I think that there's they're feeling that Jerome Ford, you know, he's been at everything. They like what they see there. And if somebody gets hurt or they get to that point, they would they would look elsewhere. But I don't think it's going to be a big dollar signing. Um, I mentioned Kelly. They kept him around for two years on the practice squad, and he's usually your training camp preseason, you know, gets the carry like 40 times in the second half. There's a reason he's been around. They like him, and so he could mm-hmm. very easily be the third back and maybe even be pushing Kel- or Ford for the second position. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that develops in, in, in camp. It's tough, you know, really tough for running backs to have a, a lengthy career these days. Uh, when you get into your upper 20s, it's uh, it's really rough. Trust me, I know I am a uh, uh, above middle-aged internet guy. You know, it uh, after a little while, it, it just becomes tough to uh, make a living in your uh, profession uh, after a little while if you hit a certain age. At any rate... Uh, I want. I have one more topic I want to talk about, Fred, and that's Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson said some things uh, at the golf outing, a little bit, uh, sort of indicating that he is eager to win back the respect of uh, the uh, talking heads on this planet. Uh, it, you know, get back into the conversation about being one of the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, Do you get the sense, you know, in listening to him and seeing him work on the field and so forth, that he is especially driven this year, Uh, that he is motivated by what he might consider to be a little bit of a a lack of respect for uh, what he's accomplished in the past? I think so. I mean, I think that out of sight, out of mind, you know, he hasn't really played in two years. 
and that the three years ago is last year they were four and 12. Nobody was really watching the Texans, even though he led the NFL in passing yardage. I think that's a good thing for the Browns. We've been talking about it all off season, the disrespect that every ranking has them 18th to 20th or below. Yep. I mean, I don't know what they're looking at. I know there's a lot of good teams, but in the AF, besides in the AFC, but this is a good team, you know, and if Deshaun Watson plays, like an elite quarterback, you know, this is a team that should be right in the mix with everybody. But I get until he shows what he can do, he's going to be talked like that. And so I, I really do like this, is that here's a guy who got $230 million guaranteed. A lot of people would just kind of shut it down. I got paid. I'm not going to take any chance of getting hurt. I am totally set for life. I don't right. have to, to work that hard. This guy from the players, they said – Elijah Moore said in Puerto Rico, they were all, you know, they work out, but then they would kind of relax. And Deshaun Watson's walking around with his playbook or, or looking at tape and, and he's driven. And I think that, so you put all that money aside, a lot of guys, when they have the money, just, you know, human nature is I'm just not gonna, you know, have to go at it as hard because I'm set. They're not gonna, cut me and so but i do think he's driven by his names falling out every time they mention top five top 10 quarterbacks he isn't really mentioned anymore and i think that does drive him and i think that's good for the browns because i've said it so goes deshaun watson so goes the browns if he plays like they think he will this team is going to be very very good if he plays like he did last year you know, in some of those games, very mediocre. They're going to be all right, 500, but mm-hmm. I don't think they will. I think that I think it's good that he's driven and he's not complacent, that I've made it, I've got my money, I don't need to really work at this that hard. He seems to really be taking it seriously with everything. His off the field, getting that behind him, kind of getting, you know, is getting everything – you know, and the and it all a lot of it starts now with football. You know, you know he's got a lot of the legal behind him now. It's kind of resuming his career and building back his his football career. Yeah, interesting question here. We're going to finish up on this uh, tonight uh, from Scott Simmons in the YouTube chat room. Yes, statistically, who is the best quarterback in Browns history, and do you think Watson will beat those numbers this year? Boy, it's so hard because the game has changed so much, hasn't it, Fred? You know, when you when you talk about the best yeah. quarterback in history and statistics. Yeah, you're talking about apples and oranges. I mean, what stat? Yardage, touchdowns, uh, wins. You know, Otto Graham, you know, didn't play as many games, but he played 10 years. He won 10 championships, you know. But the, the Bernie Cozars, Brian Sipes, you know, you look at Baker Mayfield, in, in his four years with the Browns, he moved into the top five in almost every stat. You know, he would, he'd been the all time yardage, touchdown, everything if he'd have just played a couple more years. So, um, I, I don't, I don't know how you, I'd have to say, you know, Brian Sipe has probably the best stats, him and Kozar, but. Watson is the best quarterback I've seen, and I covered both those other guys. Athletically, 
effortlessly the way he throws the ball, moves around, all that. Now, will he do that in games? I think he will. But And I think if he plays here four, five, six years or more, he will end up being the all-time, you know, statistical leader in Brown's history. Um, because you get past Sipe and Kozar, not, not really a lot, especially since the team came back where they've been through 30-some quarterbacks. So you have to go back into the 80s right. you know, and 90s to see Kozar and, and uh, Sipe stats. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, with the 17-game season, with the, 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 the game as it is right now, with the weapons that he has, he could break some records this year. You know, break some team records this year to, to answer Scott's question. And with that, uh, I think what we're going to do is we are going to wrap it up uh, for tonight. I just want to thank everybody, as usual, for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, hey, with for all the questions and the comments in the chat room, you guys make the show as always. And as always, Fred Breedham, thank you for your wisdom, sir. Uh, always really, really appreciate it. So uh, we will be back. We won't be back here next week, but the week after during mandatory minicamp, we will be here. So uh, we will see you then on the. Uh, uh, what will that be? Uh, the uh, well, next week's next week's minicamp. Oh, Tuesday, next week's Wednesday, minicamp. Or... So, so we will be here during minicamp. So we will take a look at that, and uh, uh, we will talk to you next week uh, about what's going on at minicamp. And uh, we will see you then. So for Fred Breatham, I'm Barry McBride. This has been OBR Weekly. We will see you next week. Go Browns. Thanks, guys. Spring training is in full swing and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us. That means you need to join us on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every Monday through Saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of March. We'll break down the latest news, spring training updates, players to target, and much more in just five minutes. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.